Hello everyone, we welcome you to the sanctuary of Quest Church tonight and we speak the blessing of God over you and your family. You know, it's a great time this evening for you to gather your children, your spouse, around the computer or TV, TV which, wherever you're watching from, and prepare your heart to receive a word from God tonight. It's going to be a powerful time. It's going to be an interactive service. So it's going to be worship and word in this service tonight. Now listen, we speak the blessing of God over your house in Jesus' name. And I want you to prepare for this, the remainder of this week. Good Friday is going to be a powerful, super powerful service. As Pastor Christian said, come through Thursday from 12 to 3 and Friday 12 to 3. You can drop off your Passover offerings, but also pick up your communion articles for us to receive communion together on Good Friday. And then Easter. We're believing God that we're going to be able to have this drive-in service right here in the parking lot. We're going to turn the parking lot into a praise zone right here at Quest Church. So we want you to get excited about that, pray about that, that the weather will allow that to happen. So tonight, I'm so excited about this word. I'm going to go ahead and get into it. I'm going to ask you to look at Matthew chapter 26 and verse 14, and then we're going to go to Luke chapter 22. Now on Sunday, we rode into Jerusalem with Jesus on his triumphal entry and really his entry to his exit. And we heard the sound of Hosanna, right? Save now. And I don't know about you, but I've been praying, God, save us now. We need a move of God right now, right in the middle of this pandemic. And I believe our praise is going to turn this thing around. We've got to keep praying like we've never prayed before. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he said, I will hear them from heaven and I will turn and I will heal their land. So tonight, after this service is over, spend a season of prayer with your family. Matthew chapter 26, verse 14. The Bible says, then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and asked, listen to the question Judas asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver Jesus over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. Listen to the next sentence. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Wow. Luke says it like this in chapter 22, same story, verse 1, but listen to the vocabulary. Now the festival of unleavened bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus. Religion is always trying to get rid of Jesus. For they were afraid of the people. Verse 3, listen how Luke says it. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. This happened, what I just read to you, happened on Wednesday night. That happened tonight. It happened on Wednesday night. I was thinking today, here Jesus is. I've got our praise team with us tonight, our worshipers, our musicians and I was telling them just before we started, you know, Jesus is entering in to a battle, to the war zone. And on his way to victory in a war with Satan, he sees his friend Judas. 
and his friend is possessed by an invisible enemy. Think about that. Satan had possessed him. Now let me tell you something. We must learn that in the middle of our battle, while we're facing the enemy, we have to see the victory. My question to you tonight is, can you see beyond this? It won't prosper. And when the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. And my God will never fail. Oh my God will never fail. Cause I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the A victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, God, we're gonna see a victory, Lord. Come on, let's sing. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. Yeah. I'm not backing down from any giant, no. Cause I know how this story is. Oh God, yes, I know how this story is. Say, I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the
I know you feel the anointing right there in your house like we do on this platform. And I can tell you, he's going to turn this thing around. This too shall pass. And we're coming out of this better than we have ever been. We're still the head and not the tail. We're still in front and not behind. So as we're on this Wednesday night, on this Wednesday night, Satan has entered Judas. Now, stay with me. Monday, we know what happened. He goes into the temple and he clears it. He turns over tables. He kicks over seats. He drives out the money changers. And then Tuesday, he goes to the Mount of Olives. It is there that he starts talking about these parables with his disciples. And he finishes his parables by talking about these ten virgins with oil. Isn't that interesting? And then Wednesday, Judas is betraying him. Think about that. Let's rewind this tape for a moment. Judas is betraying Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. I thought about that. Let's back up. One week earlier to a house. By the way, we're going to preach tonight a message entitled, Who's in that house? You ought to look at someone in your living room right there and ask them who's in the house. John chapter 12, one week earlier, we find out who's in that house. Jesus has his favorite place to visit. It's called Bethany. And the Bible says six days before the Passover in John 12, 1, he went to Bethany. Now listen carefully. Where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. My God. Then Mary took a pound of ointment, very costly, and she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of that ointment. Her worship filled the house. Then said one of his disciples, Judas, here he is. The same Judas that's betraying him a week later is in this house. The same Judas which would betray him. And Judas said, listen to Judas. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the bag and he often stole from the bag. Then said Jesus, listen to Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor always you will have with me, but you will not have me with you always. So many of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only. Listen to this scripture. But that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. The chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus to death as well as Jesus. Because that by reason of Lazarus, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Why? Because of Lazarus, many believed. That's a good question for you. Can you be blamed for people coming to Christ? I pray so. So let's go in this house. Who's in this house? Well, we know Jesus is there. But his betrayer is there too. That old boy named Judas. Judas 
the betrayer. In John 12, 4, in the New Living Translation, the Bible reads, Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was worth a year, year's wages. It should have been sold in the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And see, since he was in charge of the money, he often stole from the money for himself. Now, according to Matthew He's going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. 30 is a number of maturation. Jesus started ministry when he was 30 years old. 30, you had to be 30 to enter into the priesthood. For 30 pieces of silver, he betrayed him. Jesus is about to face something that he had never experienced before this time. Rejection and betrayal from a friend. Have you ever had that happen to you? Well, now. Have you ever been betrayed by someone you thought was faithful? Come on now. Betrayal is a horrible thing. It means to give over or to give up. <laughs> it means to give in to the enemy, to betray. You know, betray, the word betray is found one-eighth of an inch above the word betroth in the dictionary. There is betray, and the next word is betroth, which means to show fidelity. I wrote this down today. You cannot be betrayed by an enemy. An enemy cannot betray you. Only a friend can do that. And you cannot truly describe the feeling of being betrayed until it's happened to you. Betrayal pierces your heart. But I came by to tell you tonight, betrayal was part of the plan. Everyone's going to have a betrayer in their life sooner or later. And when they show up, just write them down as part of the plan. Some of you ought to get your phone out right now. Just go ahead on your little notepad and write that name and just next to it say part of the plan. Watch Judas complain. First of all, 30 pieces, are you 30 pieces of silver for a savior? Money. Money's weird. Ecclesiastes says money answers all things. It doesn't say it gives the right answer. It just says it has an answer. Seems like money's always in the equation somewhere when it comes to relationships. You go through divorce, who's going to get it? all comes down to the money. Paul said it like this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. He never said money was evil. He just said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I think Judas had that kind of love. He had that kind of love for money. Watch what he says. Why didn't you sell this and give this money to the poor? Acting all holy. We should have sold this and gave this money to the poor people. You know what Judas reminds me of? Complainers. Always objecting. Always expressing their opinion about how things should be done. Why do you worship like that? People who always complain will probably forsake. Yeah. Listen, believe them when they complain. People who always complain will probably ultimately forsake. 
I've learned that to be true. There will always be people with an opinion about your worship. Does it take all this? Does it take all that? Does it take that ointment? Does it take this sound? Does it take all this? Yes, it does. It does. The question is, what part are you playing in it? And why do you complain about something that is effective? He was not only frustrated, Judas is not only frustrated with her, he's frustrated with Jesus for letting her do it. And that's why we need to address people that are frustrated about how we do it. Take it up with Jesus. I say it like this all the time about old Judas. Never worry about the Judas spirit. It will always take care of itself. Judas, Jesus never did anything with him. But Judas in Acts chapter 1, the Bible says, right after he forsook him, he went and hung himself. Don't worry about your betrayers. They'll take care of themselves. You just keep loving them and loving God just like Jesus loved Judas. He accepted a kiss of love in the garden from his betrayer. Can you accept a hug from those that you know are stabbing you in the back? Do it. Love them. Let God handle them. They'll take care of themselves. Judas betrayed. Hey, there's another person in this story. Judas is the betrayer, but Martha is the busy servant. John chapter 2, John chapter 12, verse 2, and they made him a supper. And listen what it says about Martha. Two words, Gino. Martha served. That's all it says. Martha served. Now, Luke, he's a little more descriptive. Doctors have a way of doing that. When he talks about Martha, he says in chapter 10 and verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about with much serving. And she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister Mary has left me to serve by myself? <laughs> Woo, there's a lot happening in this house. <laughs> you got Judas with Satan in him already planning out the betrayal. Now you got Martha mad at a worshiper. And she's telling Jesus, tell my sister to help me. Now, let me tell you, serving is a great gift, isn't it? I've never complained about people serving, ever, right? Serving is a gift. That wasn't the problem. The problem is encapsulated in one word. She was cumbered about with what she was doing. See, that's the word. It means your serving is dragging you. You, you are not doing it. It's pulling you. You're drawn by the distraction of what you're doing. Many people serve and they think they're making brownie points in heaven. But when you place your service above your Savior, you have misprioritized your relationship with Jesus. Many people think they should receive points for serving. Let me tell you something. Never put your service above your relationship with Jesus Christ. So she was har har harassed by distractions. I wrote this today. She was harassed by distractions and not harnessed to deity. She was not harnessed to the divine. She was harassed by her distraction. And her distraction was her gift. We get so enamored with our gift that we forgot the giver. Right? I hope you hear me tonight. So she's preparing. So I was thinking about that. That's a great thing. 
But folks, we only prepare until the guest arrives. We prepare for this. But when God shows up, it's time to stop and stop preparing and start praising. It's time to stop worship, working and start worshiping. Are y'all hearing me? I hope this is talking to somebody tonight because during this time right now, this quarantine time, guess what? We're all at the house. And there's only so much you can do. And then you got to move your focus from what you're doing to who he is. And then the third guy, here he is. This dude right here. Oh, Lazarus. I bet Lazarus was sitting at that table with those little old grave clothes right next to him. Just as a reminder. It's always good to keep something close to you to remind you of where Jesus brought you from. And he probably had those old grave clothes sitting there on the table right with Jesus. They were probably laughing and talking about the day he called him out of that grave, right? Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with Jesus. Lazarus? Yeah. Mary and Martha says Lazarus is the one he loved. He's the one that was called out of the tomb of death. He was loose from his grave clothes. He was rescued from the thing that bound him. Is that you? This is me. I've got a testimony, y'all. I was called out of darkness into his marvelous light. He was delivered from death. He was saved from the sorrows of darkness. He was bound and then he was loose. That Lazarus, that guy. But I like verse 9 of John 12 because the Bible says the people came not only to see Jesus, they came to see Lazarus. Can I tell you there's a generation that wants to watch you live. They want to watch you live. They saw you in death. But they want to know how can you live for Jesus when you were so dead in your sins. How can that transformation happen? How do people who were bound now live like they are loosed? People don't only want to see Jesus, they want to see you. Show them your testimony. This is who I was, this is not who I am. If old Lazarus walked in here today, if he walked in here today, he would say, it was a glorious day. All I know is I was dead and bound and he called my name. Let's worship him tonight because Wednesday is I a was buried day. beneath yes. my shame. That's right. Yes. And who could carry that kind, that kind of weight? Yeah. Oh, it was my tomb. Jesus, till I met you. Yeah. Well, I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. Oh, it was my tomb. Jesus, till I met you. Oh, you called my name.
day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fourth person. Man, we can't, we can't stop now, right? There's one more in the house. Right, Talitha? There's one more. Felicia, there's one more. One more in the house. Sweet Mary, the blessed worshiper. Boy, John, says she opened that ointment up, but Luke says it like this in chapter 10, verse 42. Jesus looked at her and said, one thing is needful. And he told Martha, Mary has chosen that good part. Don't miss this. Now the word part means to partake or to participate. When you are worshiping, you are participating with God. You are partaking from God and participating with God. Boy, y'all need to hear that. Worship moves him. 
Because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Get him moving in your house tonight. Worship him tonight. And he says she has chosen that good part. And watch, which shall not be taken away from her. Don't make me preach in this building. The enemy can take a lot of stuff during this season. Your job, mess with your money, all kinds of stuff. But one thing he can't take. He cannot have your worship. He cannot take your worship. And Jesus said, this will not be taken from her. Jesus said, one thing matters or one thing is needful. There's one requirement. Oh, Lord, I hope these people hear this. There's one requirement in this occasion. Boy, when I saw that today, the Lord convicted me and said, listen to me, son. I just want one thing during this time, and that's your worship. Just keep worshiping me and stop worrying. Keep praising and stop panicking. Keep your focus fixed on me. Honor me. Worship me. One thing is needful in this season. This is the season, right, of essentials and non-essentials. That's what everybody is talking about, right? And we're finding out that many things we thought were essential are non-essential. And many things we thought were non-essential are really essential. And Jesus said she's chosen the essential thing. She chose the good thing. You know what's essential right now? It's not Walmart. Is your worship. And I'm not trying to be frivolous. I mean that. Right now, we need to be worshiping like we've done. Who's in that house? Who's in your house? Is Judas in there? Martha? Are you in there? I know you in there, Lazarus. I know you in there. But where is Mary? Where is that worshiper? Where is that worship in your house? Are you singing in the morning? Worshiping at noontime? Are you giving him your praise during this season? She made a decision. She has chosen, which means she had a choice. She made a decision to do her part. The question tonight, don't miss this if you missed everything else. The question tonight is, not what are you doing for him? Not right now. It's what are you doing with him? Yeah. It's not what are you doing. That's really, you know, we, we're in our house. So Jesus is saying, what are you doing with me? Not what are you doing for me. What are you doing with me? And Mary took that ointment and she poured it on his feet and wiped her feet, his feet with her hair. Verse 7 of John 12 says, when they start rebuking and getting concerned and talking about where the money ought to go, watch what Jesus said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. In the Greek, you know how it reads? Stay away from her. I've learned this. Jamie, when we pour out our worship to him, he releases protection to us. When you start worshiping, Jesus gets up and starts looking at corona, problems, worry, and he says, leave her alone. You know what I hear the Lord saying tonight to your enemy and everything that's trying to distract you? Leave them alone. Stay away from them. You know why? He's protecting his purpose. There's a purpose that, live, that is living inside of you. And he has to protect his purpose. His name's on the line, y'all. 
Y'all not hearing me. God has us. All we have to do is what is essential. Worship Him. And if we will worship Him, He will protect us. Boy, I thought of Mary tonight, and I bet you if she came in here, she would bring that box. Right, Felicia? She would bring that box. And she would say, hey, I just showed up at the house because Martha invited me over. I walked in and Judas is freaking out and Lazarus is chilled out. And all I had was a gift. And I decided to just give him what I have. It's this ointment. And the Bible says she broke open that box and she began to worship him. Worship always places you in the will of God. Worship will always place you in perfect peace. Leave her alone. If she was here tonight, Jamie, I guarantee you she would bring that box and she would look at you and she would say, Jamie, that Wednesday, Butch, Aaron, Sarah, all I did was worship. That's all I did. So the question for you tonight is, are you worshiping? You can right now. And when you do, he will defend you. He is your defender. You ought to lift your hands right now and begin to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All I did, All I did was pray. Yes. And all I did was worship. Lift those hands, saints, right in your living room. And all I did all was I did. bow down. Bow down. Yes, God. All I did was stay still. Be still and know He is God. Yeah. Hallelujah.
truth of God, to purge the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, and to devote the will to the purpose of God. I say it like this, an ounce of worship is an unsuitable acknowledgement for an ocean of mercy. An ounce of worship is an unsuitable acknowledgement for an ocean of mercy. How dare we live our life and just tell him thank you every now and then. What happened to extravagant, ridiculous worship where we lose ourselves in his presence? I pray that happens to you. Worship is the most momentous, the most urgent, the most glorious action that can take place during this season. Worship is the most momentous, most urgent, and most glorious action that can take place during this season. We love you. We speak the blessing of God. Our team stretches their hands towards you now. And we speak the blessing of God over your life. And we say, make the essential thing the essential thing. 
Worship him. He will protect you. You know what? Right there in your house, there are people that are watching this that may be far from God. And you need to come back to him tonight. You're a prodigal son or daughter. And you felt this tonight. And you long to experience it again. You can. Just get back in the house. Just come back to the Savior. Just kneel right there by Mary and offer him your worship. He'll fix you. If you've never been born again, you ought to pray this prayer with me right now. And if you do, please let us know that you've prayed it. Just say, Dear Jesus, I love you with all of my heart. And I thank you that you love me with an unconditional love. I invite you in my heart to be my Lord and Savior. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I'll serve you the rest of my life. Your word says when I pray like that, old things are passed away and all things become new. So I pray that's happened for you tonight. And I pray you've experienced God's presence, God's presence right in your home tonight. Maybe you can share this even now. Pastor Josh has some stuff to tell us. And before we go to him, I want to encourage you. Take time this evening and worship him.